The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. We work hard at being healthier. And what we really need is better quality sleep. The new Sleep Number 360 smart bed intelligently senses your movements and automatically adjusts your comfort and support on both sides. This is not a bed. It's proven quality sleep. It's the biggest sale of the year where all beds are on sale. Save 50% on the new Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing only for a limited time. To find your local Sleep Number store, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Arrowhead Pride Facebook Live following the Chiefs' 30-6 victory over the Tennessee Titans at Arrowhead Stadium. And the good news about this game being over is the preseason is over. The next time the Chiefs play a football game, it'll count. It'll be against the world champion New England Patriots. And uh, I'll tell you what, it's a lot to be excited about. I want to give you my five takeaways from this game. First things first, as per usual, Pat Mahomes dazzled again. And I think... What stuck out to me in looking at this game and seeing Patrick Mahomes throughout this preseason is this is a special quarterback, and here's why. Because not only do we get excited to watch Patrick Mahomes when he's on the field, but you're starting to expect fantastic plays, aren't you? When you're watching Patrick Mahomes throughout a game, aren't you expecting to see a 46-yard accurate throw on the run? a 53-yard bomb to Demarcus Robinson down the middle of the field with no problem. Uh, And, of course, he's just got the it factor where he's about to leave a half without scoring a touchdown. What does he do right before the half? He throws a pass 36 yards in the air. And if you notice and if you go back and watch that play, the interesting thing about Mahomes is he had to take a little bit off to throw the 36 yards, he took a little bit off. It was a touch pass, a 36-yard touch pass. His kid's very special. Now, with that said, we also saw that he's still human tonight. There were three separate occasions where probably could have been an interception. You saw earlier in the game, maybe too hard, too high of a pass to Ross Travis in and out of his hands. That could have been a pick. Uh, That was reviewed. It was not because it hit the ground. Another one was in the hands of a defender, a really bad pass into traffic. That was intercepted but turned back because of replay. And then another one in and out of the hands of a defender down the sideline. So while Patrick Mahomes has these plays that are fantastic and are wonderful, and it's great that he's going to be the next quarterback of this Chiefs team, he is still human. Important night for Patrick Mahomes, 
and also an important night for Demarcus Robinson. I think this is a guy who needed tonight and and this effort. If you look at uh, what he finished with, three catches for 127 yards. Not only great catches by Demarcus Robinson, but the key for Robinson was too. They're from the future of this team. So if you're considering yourself a bubble guy, great night for Robinson to make these catches, make these plays. For me, it solidifies Robinson as a player that's going to be on this team as we look past this weekend. Uh, I wasn't sure of that maybe going into this game, but you can't argue three catches for 127 yards from the future of this team. You're going to want him here next year. All right, that wraps up point number one. Number two, want to talk about the punt return touchdown by J.U. Chesson. Not only was it important for J.U. Chesson, kind of in, in the similar sense for Robinson, it was very much important for a lot of the guys who helped make the play. Justin March Lillard, we haven't heard or seen from him in quite a long time. Good to see him have a monster block on that play. Very important for Justin March Lillard. Another player, Tano Passigno, another good block on that play. And Marcus Kemp. Another great block for Marcus Kemp. I'm going to get to Marcus Kemp a little bit later, but if you want to focus for a second on Tano Passigno, here's a guy who, what is he, 6'3", 290 pounds, and he can play defensive line, and you saw him tonight at outside linebacker. They were able to take down Matt Castle early. You saw Frank Zombo and Tano Passigno coming in at the same time. Uh, Tano, for his size and his weight, how fast he can get to the quarterback is a very impressive thing, and the Chiefs are lucky to have to know Passigno on their defense, and it offers Bob Sutton in one guy. Maybe you put him on the line. Maybe you use him as an outside linebacker, but in one individual player, the more you can do, it's going to be better for uh, this Chiefs team. I want to get to the game for tonight of Ukeme Aligwe, the fifth-round pick. Interesting game out of Ukeme, and I noted this on Twitter. For those of you who follow me on Twitter at PG Sween, I had a chance to talk to Ukeme Alegwe after the Chiefs drafted him. And Alegwe told me personally, he said, listen, uh, I want to make an impact this year. And at the time, you know, being a reporter for the Chiefs for three years, and I, I, you know, you're a fifth-round pick, I got to be honest with you. I, I kind of looked at him and said, I think everyone wants to do that, right? You know, like, uh, you know, everyone wants to come to sleep. But listen, you're a fifth rounder. Uh, the Chiefs are pretty much set and, you know, inside linebacker. So I didn't know what to really think. Tonight, I don't know. I started to get a little bit because Ligway was all around the ball. In the first quarter alone, five tackles. He ended up finishing with six. And then that fantastic interception on Tanny, the opposing quarterback for, for the Titans, a really great play. Tips it up to himself, so he's able to tip it up to himself and secure it. Uh, I think Ligway is a guy that's not only going to be on this team, but it's going to be a name to watch in the mix among now really an, a crowded inside linebacker room uh, where you have a Rameek Wilson, Reggie Ragland out of the blue. You have KPL, Kevin Pierre-Lewis, the guy that uh, DJ Alexander was traded for. And now you can make Ligway making plays. What was suddenly maybe a question mark similar to that right cornerback position is now, I think, a room with a lot of good possibilities there where you can mix and match to see who's going to take that spot next to Derek Johnson. Fourth point I want to make is, what are the Chiefs going to do with all these wide receivers? Marcus Kemp had another fantastic night. Uh, I mentioned the block before, but it's been a great preseason for Marcus Kemp. Similar into the fashion of the point I made about Demarcus Robinson a little bit earlier, Marcus Kemp has been a favorite for Patrick Mahomes uh, dating back since the beginning of training camp. 
So you want to keep these guys that Mahomes has a rapport with moving for the future, especially if they're younger guys, especially if they're showing talent. Kemp has now shown an ability to be an, an impactful player on special teams, which is if you're a rookie trying to make this team, you know, maybe that moves the needle for you a little bit. Shontavious Jones, unfortunately, was injured for a while. We didn't get to see him last game. He had a nice down punt inside the five-yard line tonight, so that helps Shontavious Jones's case. But if you're wide receivers, you know, you're locked with your six. We've mentioned them before. We have Tyreek Hill, Chris Conley, Albert Wilson, DeAnthony Thomas, Demarcus Robinson, and then the rookie draft pick in J.U. Chesson. All those six should make it. Maybe what the injury to Spencer Ware does, you say to yourself, okay, we'll keep three running backs. And the Chiefs, who almost religiously have kept six wide receivers in the past since Andy Reid has been here, maybe they go for that seventh receiver. And if they do, and you're counting those that I just said as locks, is it Marcus Kemp or Shontavious Jones? For me right now, I would say it's Marcus Kemp making this football team as your seventh receiver if you do keep seventh receivers. He's just had too good of a camp tonight. He finishes with five catches uh, for 55 yards, three of which came from Patrick Mahomes for 29 yards. So Marcus Kemp could be another guy. And then another battle I was interested in seeing tonight, and I have seen enough. I think I'm ready to call it. I believe that Gavin Escobar will be your third tight end, which I remember in Andy Reid's offense is very important because how many times do we see on the field Andy Reid using these three tight end sets? So an interesting night. I mean, you're never going to learn a ton in the fourth preseason game, but those are my five takeaways. And it's, it's been a good preseason for the Chiefs. I mentioned, uh, if you listen to the Arrowhead Pride podcast, I know that the Seahawks game, it was a little worrisome, uh, but it was a nice way to rebound tonight. I know you didn't see a lot of the starters as they're resting for the New England Patriots next Thursday, but all in all, a successful preseason. And now we move on to this weekend when we get to see who will be the 53 players kept on this roster. Again, different than previous years. Usually it would go from 90 to 75 players. This year it's going from 90 directly to 53. So remember this now as we wrap up the preseason. Not only are the Chiefs going to be releasing 37 players out into the wild, that's going to be happening across the league. There's going to be so many players available to be picked up. So just because the Chiefs may have 53 guys that they like doesn't mean necessarily they're keeping 53. And we've seen how aggressive this new GM in Brett Veach is. If Brett Veach believes that there's a better player on another team that he could bring on, I think he makes the move. And that's kind of exciting if you're a Chiefs fan. Brett Veach clearly making a statement, bringing in these high upside, low risk guys that he wants to win now. And uh, and I think that's a good thing for a Chiefs, this Chiefs team, because all in all, they're a complete team. I, I think maybe if there's anyone they try to bring in, maybe it's a cornerback who's 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 cut. Uh, I know a lot of you guys were wanting Joe Hayden the other day. Obviously, that didn't happen. Him, him going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. But yeah, maybe at the cornerback position, they bring in a guy that's cut by another team that maybe wasn't going to make it on that team, give more competition for the Philip Gaineses and the Steve Nelsons of the world. All right, that's all I have for my five takeaways. Now I am going to turn it over, of course, to you guys, ready for your questions, your comments. Uh, I'm going to scroll up here and see what you guys are wanting to talk about. Uh, Christian Sanders, your comment was, we have plenty of players to return the ball. 
that will end up having yet another mysterious injury that keeps him out most of the season. No, I think DeAnthony Thomas is for sure your kick returner. Uh, he's gotten rave reviews from Dave Tobe. And again, Dave Tobe called him the pound for pound toughest player on the team. I don't think you saw him tonight because they were just trying to see what they have out of the blue. And I'll go back to Chesson. I really didn't expect to see that in Chesson. And I'll, uh, I'll tell you what, it's good to see because beyond uh, Tyree kill, even if you're keeping Tyree kill um, in punt return, uh, sometimes you're going to not want to want to want to put him back there, especially in game situations that maybe the Chiefs have won already. Uh, they get, you know, why why bother if the Chiefs are at maybe two touchdowns in the fourth quarter? Why do you, why necessarily put Tyree Kill back there? Now you can see Chesson, and in one play, you know he could do it. Really impressive run uh, by Chesson. Mitchell at other cornerback position. Yeah, I would think that Terrence Mitchell is the right cornerback, but again, he's been dealing with that hamstring injury all throughout training camp and and the preseason. Ready to see Mitchell back in this lineup, but uh, you can't you can't guarantee that he's going to be there just because of the injuries right now. Austin Odell, no Spiller tonight. No Spiller was out there. I think what they really wanted was to see Divine Redding, because at the end of the day, you know your three running backs now. Uh, we were questioning the entire training camp whether or not the Chiefs would keep C.J. Spiller or sure Kendrick West, whether they both would make the team. Spencer Ware answered that question with the PCL tear. You know, he's not going to be here for the season. So now uh, it's in the hands of a rookie in Kareem Hunt. And you need that veteran presence in Sherry Kendrick West and C.J. Spiller. And they both offer very different things. They're both very talented players. I don't necessarily know if you keep a fourth running back in Divine Redding because maybe that opens the door up to keep a seventh receiver. Interesting to see what the Chiefs do. In the last three years, they've kept different number of running backs. I'm not counting uh, Anthony Sherman, who's a very interesting player who I know will make this team. But besides him, they've kept three, four, and five running backs, different numbers the past three years. So it's really hard to tell what they're going to end up doing. Bryce Willis says, Alex looked a little mad tonight. You think he feels the pressure. Here's how I feel about the Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes situation. I think this training camp and this preseason, the writing has been pretty clear on the wall. Alex Smith probably is looking at this team and this organization as now a contract year. I think you would have to potentially get to the AFC title game. You would have to make a Super Bowl to reasonably think that Alex Smith will be the starting quarterback in 2017. With that said, Alex Smith is a great dude. Uh, I, I, I think he is a very underrated player, especially when it comes to regular season wins. And he's looking at this season and is going to give it all for the Kansas City Chiefs and himself. I, I think he has a lot of pride. But he understands what this is. I think he understands that past 2017, especially if the Chiefs don't go on a tear and win a Super Bowl, this is Patrick Mahomes' team. And you heard Mahomes tonight, if you listen to the broadcast, Alex Smith is helping him along. I don't know if everyone in the league that would be in a similar situation to Alex Smith would be handling it in such a professional and uh, good manner. And you got to like that in Alex Smith. Not only is he helping your quarterback of the future of, along, and he's going to be better for it because Alex Smith has 11 years of experience. But Alex Smith offers you the opportunity, and not everyone in Kansas City will agree with me when I say this, but Alex Smith offers you the opportunity to win a Super Bowl. He's a good enough quarterback to do it, especially with his Chiefs defense, especially with the weapons they have on offense. Now it remains to be seen. You have next Thursday night the perfect measuring stick to see whether you're a player for this championship or you're not. The Chiefs don't necessarily have to win that game, but they got to show me something. You say you're a Super Bowl team. You say you're ready to take the next step. What are you going to do against the New England Patriots? 
I thought the Escobar catch was really good. I mentioned earlier, Mr. Jacobs slams that uh, I felt that Gavin Escobar's catch solidifies him as the number three tight end, which I wonder what's going to happen with Ross Travis and whether or not the Chiefs keep him. They've kept four tight ends in the past, so we'll, we'll end up seeing what happens. But, you know, you know, um, between Travis Kelsey, Demetrius Harris, Ross Travis, and Gavin Escobar, you have a very talented room right there. So no matter what, even if Ross Travis were to be cut by this team, even if they do decide to cut Gavin Escobar, all these guys are going to have jobs at least somewhere in the league. Marshall Lillard did look good. I mean, don't forget, this is a guy that had starting time last year. It's a good point by Dan and Dan Foucher. He had that monster block on the punt return touchdown. Uh, you can't forget about that. Uh, I think I think March Lillard's another guy, and I don't necessarily know if he's going to make this team just because of where he was playing in this preseason. But he's a guy to me that if he is unfortunately cut by the Chiefs, and uh, this is a business, you can't keep everybody. He'll get an opportunity elsewhere as well. Samuel Salazar, I don't think West makes the roster. Redding is better. Uh, that is cr- incorrect. I, I unfortunately disagree with you vehemently. I believe sure Kendrick West makes the roster, and Divine Redding does not, uh, potentially maybe keeping another receiver. Dennis Blessing asks, are we going to carry two quarterbacks? Andy Reid likes to keep three, and what he usually does is he'll dress two, and one will be inactive. And you know, that's usually a good way to go about it. I don't think you want to put yourself in a situation where you need to sign someone off the street, uh, you know, in a matter of two plays. Quarterbacks are fragile, uh, uh, you know, as it so happens. Alex Smith has missed a game or so the past few years. We saw him miss games last year. Nick Foles had to come in and start. So you want to have some depth there. And if the backup goes down as well, I think you want Tyler Bray there as well. So I don't see the Chiefs just keeping two. I see them, I see them going with three. Uh, I think Alex Smith... Pat Mahomes and Tyler Bray make this team. Patrick Lynch asks, why is Albert Wilson on this team? I just don't get it. Would rather have any of the other guys. I think in Albert Wilson, what you have is a guy who knows his Andy Reid playbook and the the matter in which they all move uh, about these positions in the playbook, the way the plays are spit out, the receiver can be anywhere. It's a very tough playbook to gather. And Albert Wilson now, as a veteran on this team, is a master of it. I think the coaching staff loves him. I think they like him. Uh, and you got to remember, he's one of the veterans. Uh, I know we, we kind of turned to Chris Conley, but this is a very, very young wide receiver room. And Conley and Wilson are kind of the guys who have been here. So I think he's, he's, he's a, a guy that uh, can kind of show some of these younger guys what it means to be a chief. It's not always what you can do on the field. I think some of what Albert Wilson can, can provide is stuff that you and I maybe, maybe don't see. And I think the coaching staff really likes him. And I think that's why Wilson's on this team. And I cautiously expect Albert Wilson to be here past this weekend. Kerry and Matt Berry, I guess a shared Facebook, asked, how did Passigno look? Passigno, I, I mentioned earlier, looked very good. Uh, I, I, thought, I thought he offers some, some skill set right there that maybe not a lot of people in this league, linebacker, defensive end, offer in the sense that he can play both. He's shown an ability to play both. Bob Sutton has let him play both this preseason. And I like him for his outside linebacker depth because, granted, I do like D. Ford and Justin Houston. They've shown to have some injury issues these past few years. Why not continue to build depth behind them? Passing you, of course, the second rounder. No doubt he'll be here past this weekend. John Van Blaircom asks, can we put up 30 points per game? Well, you hope so, right? Uh, I, I, I think... Something about this Chiefs defense that's kind of become an identity for them, whether for the better or worse, is that even if they allow some plays sometimes, some first downs, 
usually they make the other team kick a field goal. It's a defense that's shown a knack for preventing touchdowns. So you imagine if they score 30 points a game, I'm talking about the Chiefs offense now, you probably win that football game, right? So, uh, yeah. No, I think if, if Alex Smith and the offense get, gets it together, I think he has the weapons now to reasonably score 28, 30 points a game. I don't think this is ever going to be a flashy offense with Alex Smith. I think that's more the Pat Mahomes future that you're going to eventually get. But Alex Smith is good enough to score some points, and I think Alex Smith is good enough to lead this offense to a deep playoff run. Alexander Mills says, maybe Chris Jones can be our second-string quarterback. Uh, Interesting you say that. If you're watching the KCTV5 telecast tonight, Chris Jones said that he may start against the Patriots, uh, talking to my old colleague B.J. Kissel. He's a fun guy, uh, always keeps light among uh, the Chiefs in the locker room. But if you want to just take a serious note with that Chris Jones thing, Andy Reid found a use for Dontari Poe in the offense, right? So the most creative play caller in the league, you know, I think that there's a vacancy there. So if it's not Dontari Poe, who's now a member of the Atlanta Falcons, who's it going to be? Reasonably, you would think uh, Chris Jones. You also saw Travis Kelsey throwing some passes in training camp. I don't think uh, Andy Reid would want to give it to Travis Kelsey in a handoff situation to batter his way into the end zone like we saw Dontari Poe do a few years ago against the Chargers. I think that now might go to Chris Jones. Uh, Chris Jones already mentioning the blow to Tebow pass. And I could only imagine what the post-game press conference would be if Chris Jones manages to pa- pass for a touchdown in a game. I think that would be quite uh, an entertaining thing to watch as a Chiefs fan. Eric Peregrine is saying hashtag cut Bray, hashtag keep Stave. Really don't see that happening. I think they've kept now Tyler Bray for a reason all these years. Although I do like Stave. I I think uh, he's a good quarterback. It's just haven't seen enough of him. When you're the fourth uh, quarterback in this Andy Reid system and in the training camp, you really don't get a lot of reps. There were days where Joel Stave picked up as many footballs as I did at training camp. So you can't guarantee that he's going to be here. I, I, I'd say the Chiefs do end up keeping three quarterbacks, Alex, Pat, and Tyler. Who's the number two running back, asks Joe Pfeiffer, Spiller, or West? Should we be looking uh, to add running back after roster cuts? What it just amounts to is how many running backs you want to end up keeping. I think that's a big-time unknown. And so you wonder if the Chiefs do wind up keeping Kareem Hunt, Sharkhandrick West, and C.J. Spiller. Do they like Divine Redding to keep if they want four? If they don't, maybe they get someone from another team. Again, you're going to have a lot of these players around the league cut. And it's going to be interesting because it's going to be mayhem. They're, you know, 90 to 53, that's a lot of players that are going to be switching teams here. And uh, it should be interesting. I, I would tend to think there's going to be at least one or two players, you have to think, around the league that Brett Beach likes. He's already trading for guys. He's trading picks uh, for offensive linemen. He's trading for... Uh, linebackers. So to think that there's not going to be a player around the league that interests Brett Veach, especially for me, again, at that right cornerback position, I think I think you're fooling yourself. Uh, that's just how I feel. Ryan Longstreth asks, I hope Justin Houston is back to 2015 form for CB2 sake. Great point by you. I like what you're saying there. Defensive pressure on the quarterback lessens the responsibility of a cornerback, too. You run into problems when you have a quarterback you're facing in week one, like Tom Brady, who gets the ball out very quickly. Same thing with a guy like Phillip Rivers, who you have to play twice a year. But yes, if you can get pressure 
on the quarterback and, and get by the offensive line gives them a lot less time, a lot less you know, momentum for cornerback two to be beat in the backfield. And, and so, yes, I agree. If Justin Houston, if you remember, if Justin Houston is back to 2015 form uh, where he was able to get 22 sacks and nearly break the sack record, you're going to have another player here on this Chiefs team who could ruin football games. He ruins offensive game plans, and we just haven't seen that in so long. So you almost forget how dominant a Justin Houston was and can be. Uh, so you really hope, if you're a Chiefs fan looking towards the season, that he gets back to that form because when he is, he's a very special player. And don't forget, you know, we always, uh, always forget about this. We were comparing him to J.J. Watt when he was completely healthy, and that was fair. And that was fair. So I hope for Chiefs fans' sake, I hope for uh, you know us watching these games' sake, that Justin Houston is back. He hasn't had a complete offseason like this in a long time. I think it's been two or three years. So, yes, I, I think it's very possible that that's the case. But, again, he was so dominant, so you can't guarantee that. Christopher Optic, Chris Prime Morton said Ja Reed uh, got cut. Who's the backup tackle? I think Ja Reed was just cut to bring in Cam Irving. Cam Irving, I think the Chiefs are hoping now, becomes that swing tackle that they were missing as a backup where you can go on either side. Uh, Brett Veach did mention that in the pregame interview on KCTV5. Cam Irving, of course, is a first-round pick. Hasn't really been able to do it so far in his history, but now he's in Kansas City with a new offensive line coach. Sometimes all it takes is a little bit of a change of scenery. You hope, for the Chiefs' sake, that Cam Irving can fill that spot because if you notice all throughout the preseason, the offensive line depth has not been great beyond the Big Five, which has been Witzman, Fisher, Mitch Morris, of course, LDT is at your right guard, and Mitch, Mitch Schwartz. Maybe you have Zach Fulton, who you trust, and he's been playing all along the offensive line. So Cam Irving is another member that you bring into the mix who maybe can maybe can offer you some support there. And obviously, when the Chiefs are making moves like this, even the front office felt there was a need. So Jared uh, now goes goes away. Cam Irving comes in. Let's see now what he can do. It's a little late in the game, but uh, I'll tell you what, a lot of upside and it's for low risk. So just, just a draft pick. You never know what's going to happen with the draft pick. If you liked him going into the draft, as Brett Beach said they did, then you know it makes sense to go after go after him because now you can bring him with your coaching staff. So I'm interested in seeing what we can get out of Cam Irving. I'm also not interested in seeing what we can get out of Cam Irving because ideally he doesn't play. You know what I mean? You know who your five guys are. Ideally he doesn't play. Daniel Lott, will they keep Robinson and Chesson? Yes, I do believe that they will keep both. A few more questions, guys. I'm going to wrap up here for the preseason. Randall Foster asks, who will have more sacks, Justin Houston or D. Ford? Interesting question. I, I think uh, I got to go with Justin Houston. D. Ford, uh, when Houston was a little shaken up last year, he did have more sacks, obviously, and did look pretty good, but it was only for the first half of the year when he was in Houston's spot. Now he's on the right side. Houston returns to that left spot. Uh, I need D4 to, to prove it on the right side before I'm willing to say he's going to have more sacks uh, than Justin Houston. Happy to see Justin Houston back, uh, but you got to go with the guy who has had 22 sacks in one year. That's who I'm taking if you're going to ask me, Houston or Ford. Eric Ayers, Matt Forte, if cut, would you bring him in? Sure. I like Matt Forte a lot. 
Uh, he, he offers a veteran presence in that room. I think CJ Spiller is kind of filling in that spot right now, but uh, it just depends on and if on if this front office believes he meshes with this team. Hali MIA Francisco Lopez. That's a good question. Even though it wasn't a complete question, it was just two words or one word and, and three letters. But yeah, we haven't seen Tom Mahali. And even though we haven't, I fully expect him to be there next week. It's kind of a weird thing right now. Uh, he's just a guy in recent years that hasn't had to practice. And this Chiefs coaching staff has said, listen, as long as he's ready for the game. So I'm assuming that they're keeping up with that. And I assume him he'll be ready next Thursday based upon what I've seen these previous years. All right, Joseph uh, Debaugh, I'm going to end with your question. What is your prediction of our first game? Okay, here's how I feel about the first game. I think a lot of people in the city have written off the Chiefs because they're playing the New England Patriots on game one. And I think, especially nationally, really the focus has been on the New England Patriots. And I don't really think anyone has given the Kansas City Chiefs a chance. I think this. If there's a gun to your head in this situation... I think you have to pick the New England Patriots. Bill Belichick has now had, what, six months to prepare for this game? There's no amount of tape that uh, you know you could look up to even equate to the amount of preparation, maybe, that Bill Belichick has been able to have. Do I think there's no shot that the Chiefs win? Uh, no. I think they very much could be in this game. But if the Chiefs are in this game, I think it's going to be a close game. It's going to come down to the wire. I think there's also a possibility that the Patriots could blow the Chiefs out. Maybe they show off their very, very good team on paper. Brandon Cooks added to the team. You have Gronk coming back. That's tough for a defense. That's tough for a defense. Now they also have Julian Edelman going down. wonder how Danny Amendola uh, responds. Should be an interesting game. And, and, and I think the best thing about it, and I, I mentioned this earlier, is if you want to see where your team is, you play the world champs in week one. You're going to get a pretty freaking clear picture as to whether or not this Chiefs team can play with the big boys. Here we go. And if you're a Chiefs fan, you should be fired up. If you're a Chiefs player, you should be fired up. Here's your chance. You want to be a Super Bowl contender? Shock the world. We're seven days away. Should be fun, guys. Keep it locked in at arrowheadpride.com. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at PG Sween. Happy to answer your questions as I get them. Make sure you're following the Arrowhead Pride podcast. We're now available on iTunes. And we're doing more things this year. This is the new Arrowhead Pride. We're taking over. We're doing some new things. Maybe we'll get some merch going soon. Not going not gonna to reveal anything. But listen, this is the new Arrowhead Pride. We're taking it to another level this year. I can't wait. Uh, let's interact. Let's have fun. It should be a good year. Pete Sweeney signing off. Preseason is over. Seven days away. Chiefs, Patriots, Foxborough should be a great time. Later, guys. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs>